Real life. Real life. Real life. Real life. Real life. Hey, wait a minute. What's the name of your church? Real life Christian church. Real life. Get real with another edition of Think About It. Real life messages from Pastor Dennis Rasper from Real Life Christian Church. And now, let's listen to the message from Pastor Rasper. And we're going to ask this question, how, or think about this, how does prayer shape our attitude? And we have to begin with the lie of the devil. And the devil will tell you that God doesn't really care, that God is very impersonal. You just lost your biggest account, your whole financial future is up in the air, and you're on your own. See, that's what the devil will tell you. You're on your own. There's no God who can, you could talk to. There's no God who cares about that, about that big deal of yours. There's no God who really wants to listen to you. You know how many people believe that, that God is impersonal? It's easy to believe that I talked to a guy who worked for GM in India, and he said there's cows walking all over the street. And he said, um, you know, they can't kill the cows because they're sacred. And with that comes the contamination. You've got to watch for cow pies everywhere you go. And there's rats all over the place because rats are sacred. There's masses and masses and masses of people. And so I think about India, Calcutta, other cities, all the masses of people who are living in filth. And they all have those issues. And I think to myself, how can God care about my little deal? When God has all those suffering people in India, all those suffering people in Sudan, all over the world to think about, and these crowds of people, all who have problems, how can he care? How can God care about my little deal? Does God really care? Does God really care about when I hurt for one of my kids or one of my grandkids? He has so much else to think about, and that's how people think. And that takes me to Galatians 4, 4, and 5. In Galatians 4, 4, and 5, and this is a familiar Bible text to a lot of us, but when the time had fully come... God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. That's me and you. Now here it comes. That we might receive the full rights of sons and daughters. That we might receive the full rights. If you have have a King James or a new King James, it says that you might receive the adoption of sons. And then it goes on to say, and because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son, the Holy Spirit, into your hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. And so you think about this, folks. This is paradigms, this attitude, this how you see things. God chose you. He chose you and called you in time to be his own son or his own daughter. You and me who trust in Jesus Christ for salvation are children. We are a dearly beloved child of Almighty God, and we have the right and we have the privilege. Please think this. We have the right and we have the privilege as an adopted son or daughter to go before the creator of the world, God and all that he is, and say Abba, or Dad, or a term of personal endearment. You know, I, um, I, I want to give my grandkids everything. It's, it's really hard for me to say no to my grandkids. I just love those, you know, you love those kids so much, and they come to me, Grandpa, can I have this? Or, or you know, they know Grandpa will try and get it for them. And it's real hard for me to say no to those kids because I have a soft heart. And of course, that's not good, you know that, but... Um, but, but I have a soft heart for these kids. And just apply that to God. Just apply that to God. God has a soft heart for you. I mean, you're his son. You're his daughter. And he's got a soft heart for you. And he can't give you everything you want, obviously. But he wants to. He's got that grandpa's heart to perfection, you know what I mean? And he wants to. He wants to. He, 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 he delights. He really delights to bless you. He delights to listen to you. 
And that's where this whole thing about how prayer shapes our attitude begins. See, Christ earned that for you and me. And all these lies the devil wants you to believe that God is so impersonal and God has so many other concerns. Your concern doesn't matter. They're exactly that. They're lies. Don't listen to them. God chose you. He adopted you as his own. But don't get, listen, don't get hung up on this chose thing either, this election thing or predestination thing. If you haven't received Jesus Christ yet and you're still sitting on the throne of your life and you want to get off the throne and make him Lord today and let him be Lord today, right now all you've got to do is ask, Charlie. You want to get off the throne of your life. Don't, don't, don't even consider choose or election. Right now all you have to do is ask and he will sit on the throne of your life, and you will be his special child, and he will have a soft heart that breaks for you, rejoices in you, and delights in you. Man, it's how we think. And so prayer shapes our attitude. The first deal is, number one, we are adopted children of God, sons and daughters of God. Here's how, here's how else prayer shapes our attitude. This is the second deal. God answers prayer. Now, if I asked you to raise your hand and say, how many believe God answers prayer, every hand would go up. You say it, but do you believe it? That's the big thing. You say it. I say it, but do I act like it? Do I really believe it? You know, we could go into a whole deal here about release, the releasing things to God if we really believe it and all that stuff, but I won't. But whether or not you believe God answers prayer has everything to do with your attitude toward people and circumstances. And I just want to take, t- take us through some points as po- parts of Scripture and just show us. To show us how God answers prayers, different kind of prayers. And the, and the first prayer that came to my mind was Daniel. And Daniel's an official in Persia, but his people, the Jews, are back in the land of the Jews. And in Daniel chapter 9, he comes before the Lord on behalf of his people, the Jews, in Israel. And he says, Lord, what's, what's their future? What's going to happen next? What's coming down the road? What's coming down the pike for your people, the Jews? He said in verse 18, this is a powerful prayer. Verse 18 of Daniel 9, he says, Give ear, O God, and hear. Open your eyes and see the desolation of the city that bears your name, Jerusalem. Here is a key passage. We do not make requests of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. Would you memorize that? We do not make request of you because we're righteous and deserve it, but we make request of you. Why? Because of your great mercy, because we're your adopted children, and you allow us into your throne room. i got to read that one more time. We do not make request of you because we are righteous, but because of your great mercy. Now listen to this. O Lord, listen. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hear. O Lord, act for your name's sake. Is that bold? Man, what a prayer. And so God sent the angel Gabriel to Daniel. See, God answers prayer. I mean, he prayed and God answers prayer. Daniel wanted to know what's coming down the road next for my people Israel. And God gave him one of the greatest prophecies in the whole Bible, Daniel 9, 24 to 27. And he told Daniel, he, gave, he told Daniel exactly what's going to happen to the people Israel until Jesus Christ comes again the second time. Not the first time. Until their Messiah, Jesus Christ, comes the second time. Gave him the whole picture. What an answer to prayer. God answers prayer. Then I thought about Nehemiah, a different kind of a prayer. God had laid a burden on Nehemiah's heart to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And Nehemiah needed lots of money, lots of material, lots of stuff to do this tremendous, tremendous task. And so he goes to the king of Persia, Artaxerxes. Well, he asked for an audience with the king because the king could give it all to him and that would would enable him to do it. So he has an audience with the king. The day comes, the moment comes. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 4. 
He's standing before the king. Get this picture in your mind. And he's got to make these requests because everything depends on the fact that the king gives him all this material he needs. So the king said to me, what is it you want? Now, everything was on the line. Nehemiah is standing right there before the king, okay? Everything is on the line. He's about to make his request. And look what it says. Then I prayed to the God of heaven, and I answered the king. Now, he didn't go off into a corner somewhere and pray, get on his knees and say, oh, God, you know. Two or three seconds of thought prayer, mind prayer, right there. Two or three seconds, that was it. And God answered the prayer. Gave him everything. King gave him everything. And they got that wall built. See, the point is, God answers prayer, even a two or three second mind prayer. You know what else I think about? Different kind of a prayer. I think about this guy, Zechariah, in Luke chapter 1. He was a priest of the Jews. And he had, you know, he saw his wife, and she wasn't pregnant when she was a young lady. And she was so unfulfilled, and he was kind of unfulfilled without a baby. He said, oh, Lord, we want a baby. 30 years later, 30 years later, in Luke chapter 1, verse 13, but the angel said to Zechariah, don't be afraid, Zechariah. Listen to this. 30 years later, your prayer has been heard. Your prayer has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth, who is beyond childbearing age now, will have a son, and you will name him John. You've got to remember this, folks. God answers every prayer. He will never, ever forget your prayers. You may forget the fact that you prayed for this, but God will never, ever, ever forget the fact that you prayed. Here's another one. Here's another one I like. I really like this one. This is one of the best prayers in the Bible. I don't even know chapter and verse, but remember when Peter was walking out in the water to Jesus, and Jesus was walking on the water? Remember that? And Peter starts looking at the waves, and he starts to sink, and he's going down, glub, glub, glub. His hand's coming out of the water. He's going down. He's going to drown, glub, glub, glub. He said a three-word prayer, Lord, save me. Isn't that a great prayer, Lord, save me? I mean, a few people here need to pray that prayer, you know. Lord, save me. It doesn't have to be long. It should be from the heart. And sometimes, like Peter, it helps when you pray to be desperate. He was going down, man. He was desperate because desperate, desperate says, I need you, Lord, and man, I need you now. And so God knows your immediate need. You're going down. Your hand's out. You're waiting for God to grab it. He doesn't grab it. You're dead meat. And God grabbed his hand. Lord, save me. He knows when you need something, and he knows you need it right now, and he knows you don't need it an hour from now. And so we have these examples of prayer. Man, you know, there's so many more I could go through. I looked through my Bible concordance, and I saw pages of references to answered prayer. And I just want us all to know and believe. When you pray, whether it's Daniel's prayer for his nation, that was a, these were all great prayers. Or whether it's, um, whether it's a, a two- or three-second thought prayer, like Nehemiah. Or whether it's a, a prayer that Zechariah prayed and God answered years later. Or whether it's a prayer that God answered immediately, like Peter, who was going down. A prayer of desperation. The whole big deal is God answers prayer, folks. That is it. You've got to know that God answers prayer. And you have to take seriously, man. You've got to internalize this. You've got to own Matthew 7, 7, our memory work for today. I mean, these are not just words on a page. Ask and it will be given you. I mean, that's certainty. Seek. And you What? will find when you knock on that door. And it's a present tense verb. All these are present tense. In the Greek language, present tense means continued action. Keep asking, and you will receive. Keep on, keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and it will be open unto you. Maybe the best thing we can do right now is just to stop and make a note on your outline and jot down some answered prayers. 
Just prayers, personal prayers. You know, things you prayed about, and, and only you and God knew about this. No one else knew about this. This was a you and God thing. And God came through for you. He just came through. He answered your prayer. Let me uh, give you a little example. Last Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, Cheryl and I were in Traverse City. And we went up to the whole Leland Peninsula, Sutton's Bay, Northport, and around down to Leland. And near Leland, there's a place called Christmas Cove. And we were, we were in this little beautiful, beautiful beach where you got a lot of rocks. And I was going up and down the beach in one end. She was going up and down the beach on the other end. And, and, and I really like Petoskey stones. And I thought to myself, Lord, wouldn't it be neat? I've never found a Petoskey stone. I'm just interested. Whoever found a Petoskey stone, raise your hand. Okay, a few people. Okay, a few people have found a Petoskey stone. I have never found a Petoskey stone. So I said, Lord, it would really be neat if I'd find a Petoskey stone. And I didn't find one. So I walk up and going toward the car, and a guy comes up. His name is Shannon. He says, hey, you hear the ball game score? I say, Chicago beat them last night. And we started talking about the Tigers. It's an interesting conversation. Then we started talking about Ernie Harwell. And I said, you know what I like about Ernie Harwell? He's a man of God. And he said, yeah, that's what I like about him, too. So we both knew right away. We connected. We, we, we both knew we were Christians. Long story short, he, um, he had collected a dozen Petoskey stones that day. And he gave me a Petoskey stone. <laughs> now, I did not find that Petoskey stone. It was mine. It wasn't mine. I mean, it was a gift. So he told me, now, see what you learned by coming to church, man? You're going to be glad you were here today. To find him, he said, you never find Pestoski stones laying on top of the ground. You got to go right where the water meets the, meets the sand. And then you dig down about an inch or two, and that's where you find your Petoskey stones. That's where you'll find your treasure. So the next day we went to another beach, and I, dug, I did that very thing, and I found my own Petoskey stones, see? Maybe it's a dumb little thing, see? Dumb little thing. I, I said to God at Christmas Cove, I said, Lord, wouldn't it be neat to find a Petoskey stone? You know, you're his child. How God delights in little things. How God, how, you know, how God answers every prayer. That's all I'm trying to say. He answers every prayer, and he delights in blessing you. He just delights in blessing you. And so you got to believe that God answers prayer. And that leads me to the next point. When you pray, pray believing. We have to pray believing. And I look at John chapter 15, verse 7, because a lot of people think, you know, whatever you ask God in prayer, he's going to give you if you just ask believing. And, and I want to just nullify that. If you just reach a high pitch of faith, you know, God's going to give you whatever you ask. I, look at John 15, 7 with me. John chapter 15, verse 7. Jesus says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given unto you. Now that almost seems like carte blanche, doesn't it? Let me read this again. If you remain in me, and here's the key, look at this. If you remain in me, in other words, you're a believer, you're a child of God. Now look at this. And my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given to you. What's all that mean? The key is, if my words remain in you. And here's what, God, here's, here's what our Lord's telling us. He's saying that um, when, when your will and my will is in keeping with his will as it's revealed in the word of God, this is tremendous. You have it. Let me say that again. When your will and God's will are connected, they're in sync, 
as God's will is revealed in his word. If you remain in me and my words in you, ask whatever you wish and it is yours. Now, I'm going to ask you, do you believe that? Do you really believe that? If you, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, and your will is, is lined up with God's, you got it. You are, he gave you a promise. God, 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 God can't go back on a promise. God can't lie. I mean, here's, I mean, this is all about paradigms, right? This is all about attitude. This is how you got to see it. You got to think like this. You say, number one, I have prayed. Number two, God has heard my prayer. Number three, I want his will to be done as it's revealed in the word. Therefore, number four, I have it. You don't think like that. You don't, because I don't. But now we start, see. One, I have prayed. Two, God's heard. Three, I've linked my will up with God's. I prayed according to his word. Number four, I have it. That's how you think. That's how you pray. See, I'll tell you where you don't want to be. You don't want to be in Acts chapter 12. And here's what's going on in Acts chapter 12. Simon Peter's about to die. He's about to be beheaded at dawn. And so the church in Acts, some people get together and, and they do an all-night prayer vigil for Simon Peter. And they ask God to deliver Simon Peter. So the angel of God, the angel of God Gabriel comes and he delivers Simon Peter through three sets of iron gates and Peter's out in the street. And he knows people are praying for him at John Mark's house, so he goes over to John Mark's house and he knocks on the door. Now listen, Peter knocked on the door. What verse is this? I don't know. I can't see it without my glasses. I'm just kind of memorizing this. I'm blind without my... I'm blind and deaf today, I'll tell you. Anyway, Peter knocked at the outer entrance. I'm faking it pretty good, though, see? <laughs> and Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer the door. And when she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. Now look at the next verse. I think this is verse 15. Yeah, verse 15. And what does the church say who had been praying for Peter? You got an NIV Bible? What does it say? You're out of your mind, right? Isn't that neat? You're out of your mind. You're out of your mind, they told Rhoda. And when she kept insisting it was so, what did they say? It's got to be an angel. It can't be Peter. It's got to be an angel, see? They prayed and really didn't believe. They prayed and really didn't believe God could do this. Man, I got six fingers pointing back at me when I read that and point the finger at somebody else. See, that, that, that's where I don't want to be. See, that's what you call religion. I don't want to be there. You know, pray because it seems the right thing to do at the moment. I want to go before my Father, believing with all my heart that He loves me, that He hears, that He's going to work it out the way that gives Him glory, and that blesses me and blesses other people. And if I don't trust it, you know, I'm right there. I'm right there with those people in Acts 12. So listen, I'm going to go through those four again. Number one, you say, I've, I've prayed. Number two, God's heard. Number three, I've, I've examined his word and I've prayed in keeping with his will. And number four, I have it. I pray you can do that. And so we need to get the progression of thought here. We're just about done. We are God's honest to goodness children by trusting in Jesus Christ. And he listens to us and he wants to bless us like a father wants to bless his own children. Think like that. 
Secondly, God answers every prayer you pray. We looked at God's word. Thirdly, we pray believing in keeping with his will, and we have a certain promise from God that, 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 that we have it. And then the fourth thing is this, man, when you pray, you have changed things. When you pray, you have changed things. You've got to see your prayer life as that. You have made a difference. You have changed things. You've changed people's lives. You've changed your own life. You've, prayed, you've changed the nation. You've changed the world. My prayer time, and that includes time in God's Word, I call it my devotional time, is my most productive and powerful time of the day. And some people will renege on prayer. Why? Because they want to get to more productive stuff. Now, I know you've done this. I want to get through prayer, get it out of the way, so I can get, get on with my day and get to something really, really productive. New paradigm, brand new paradigm. Prayer is, prayer is your most productive time of the day. I know it is. Let's say you pray for people who, you, you sense in your heart, if they died tonight, they wouldn't go to heaven. They don't know Jesus. And so you're asking God to break down those walls. You're asking God to penetrate the darkness with light. And you spend that time in prayer. Now, you believe God answers prayer? So what's he doing? Chip, 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 chip at that hard wall, that hard heart. And one day, because you prayed and other people prayed, that wall's going to crumble. And that person's come to know Christ. Now, let me ask you, is that productive? Is that worth your time? See, you know, I, I pray for myself, and when I pray for myself, I don't normally pray for things, but I pray for character. I, you, know, you know what I pray for? I pray for humility. I pray for patience. I pray for self-control. I pray for gentleness. And we've just seen that when your will lines up with the will of God, you have it. And so when I pray for all that stuff, gentleness, self-control, patience, and all that good stuff, I'm lining up with the will of God, and I have God's promise that he's going to work that in me. And so God is working all those things in me when I pray, and he's working all those good things in you when you pray for that stuff. And that's what we need. Is, is that productive, or is that a waste of time? Tell me, is that productive? I mean, you ask God to change somebody's heart. Now, let me caution you here. When you ask God to change somebody's heart, maybe you need to pray, God, change my heart too so I can accept them. That's important too. But when you ask God to change somebody's heart, listen, folks, I got to tell you, that's God's biggest miracle. That's bigger than creation. Heart changing are God's greatest miracles. I mean, is that, is that worth your time? You know, here's something else I pray for. I pray for nations. I pray for this nation every week, and I pick a couple others, and I pray for two other nations every week besides this one. And I'll tell you what I pray. I pray that God's going to send out warrior angels and that he's going to stop the flow of lies going into, this, into those countries. He's just going to stop that flow of lies and blow them out into space. And he does that from above. And then from here on earth, I pray that God is going to raise up people who have the true word of God who will speak that word of God and have influence on those who know not Christ so that internally in that nation, the hearts of people will change. And I got to tell you, man, I believe God is doing that. I believe God is blowing away the lies. I believe God's raising up the true church in those countries and those people are witnessing. And I believe that there are, I have no idea how many people whose lives are changing, how many nations are changing because I prayed. And I believe that with all my heart. And when I stand before God in heaven, man, I just, I'm almost, I'm anticipating this, just to see how God took his child's prayers and did something in all those nations. 
I, I'm excited about that, man. I don't want to die yet, but man, that's one of the things I'm looking for, I'll tell you. I mean, you pray for sick people, suffering people, and you're bringing about God's perfect will in their lives. You pray for sick and suffering people, man. God's working, folks. God's working because you prayed. That's the number one thing anybody can do for me. That's the top of the list. I mean, look how you are changing things. And how about this? You know, when we pray, we don't just ask. What else do we do? We praise, we thank, we confess sins, and all that builds a solid rock relationship with God. Is that worth your time and your effort? So you see how prayer shapes our attitude, okay? It begins with this. You're God's adopted child. You're his adopted son or adopted daughter. And you have the right to go into the very throne room of God. Secondly, you believe, and we looked at all those scriptures, you believe he answers prayer. You have not wasted your time. You believe he answers every prayer you pray. And you pray believing in line with his will. That's the third thing. And you've got this certain promise of God. You, then ask, when your will is lined up with him, ask whatever you wish and it's yours. And thirdly, when you just think about this, that in your prayer time you're changing the world because the God of the universe actually, actually delights in you and your prayers and hears and answers you, that's going to make your prayer time something very, very special. So when you pray, your attitude toward people and circumstances in all of life can be hopeful, positive and victorious and that's how prayer shapes our attitude one more on this series and we'll finish this series next week think about it is sponsored by real life christian church real life christian church meets in endeavor middle school 22505 26 mile road just west of north avenue in ray michigan sunday service starts at 10 a.m visit us on the web at rlcc.us never miss a single message from pastor rasper just go to faithtalk1500.com and download the Real Life Podcast. And until next week, may God's Word do a work in you. Real Life Christian Church. Get real.